This whole ESG topic is evolving in the EU and, of course, Germany. Companies are slowly realizing this and they start to address this topic with the new law now in place. Companies have to act rather sooner than later, definitely. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Evan Heine. Even is a managing director at Stone Turn, and we're going to visit today about an interesting new German law on supply chain, which I think has some significant implications for ESG. So, even first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me. Even, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yes, Tom. I'm a U.S. CPA. I worked in all three lines of defense. Uh, got over 20 years of working experience from external internal audit, SOX compliance, and first line of defense risk management. I currently consider myself a risk professional. Even what's your current role at StoneTurn? The role is called managing director. So it also includes business development and yeah, mainly supporting the partners with projects. Even I'd like to now turn to the new law, the German supply chain legislation. So first of all, I could ask you, what is this law and who is it aimed at? Yeah, very interesting. This new law addresses due diligence process from the corporate view in supply chains and the Supply Chain Act, Lieferkettengesetz in German, applies to any companies that are seated or have a branch with more than 3,000 employees in Germany. What do you see as some of the key features of this new legislation? Yeah, I would say some of the key features include that it's defined as the supply chain with all steps required to manufacture products and provide services from the extraction of raw materials to delivery to the ultimate end customer. Even although the law goes into effect on January 1, 2023, why do you think companies need to begin to prepare for it now? I think, uh, right. January 1, uh, 2023 seems far away, but companies and their suppliers will be obliged by law to observe human rights and environmental due diligence obligations along the supply chain appropriately. And this is including all the suppliers, basically, that the company works with. The Act also imposes fines on almost all legally required due diligence measures up to 2% of the annual turnover for companies with more than 400 million euros, the equivalent of almost 500 million US dollars in turnover. So it's better to get this ball rolling now um, than to pay a fine later. Even as you know, this podcast is called the ESG Report. And when I first read about this law, it struck me that this actually fits directly into what I see as a greater ESG framework. But it led me to want to ask you, How do you assess the current state of ESG in the EU? Yeah, really good point, Tom. Yeah, currently the EU Directive 2014-95-EU and also the Directive 2016-2341 apply to companies within Europe, companies 
having more than 500 employees. Companies are just now starting to establish ESG reporting. They define the ESG risks for inclusion into their risk assessment process. And I would anticipate here being lots of gaps at the moment. And then how does this new law, the German supply chain law, impact ESG in your opinion? Yeah, good point. First of all, it needs to ensure the integrity of their business concerning human rights and environmental protection. Um, This seems to be a, a good driver of this law. It's essential now that companies implement a risk management system for ESG to carry out risk analyses as well as implement preventative measures, not only inside their companies, but also regarding their direct and indirect suppliers, focused on the ones that are thousands of miles away, as they can be. The German due diligence process in the Supply Chain Act is a significant step towards human rights protection in the corporate world and has a global impact. In October 2021, also the European Commission plans a legislative proposal on due diligence in the supply chain to protect human rights in the environment, probably linking this new supply chain act back to the existing EU directives, I assume. And what other countries do you see being most impacted or potentially the most impacted by this new German supply chain act? Right. According to the new law, companies based in Germany must ensure more than ever the integrity and respect for human rights and environmental protection throughout the entire supply chains globally, meaning where they do operate their business. These rules also apply to supply chains in China, production facilities, child work in Bangladesh, or environmental disasters that happen in many countries around the globe, for example. Even one of the ongoing debates in the United States is around ESG reporting by corporations. And the United States Securities and Exchange Commission is working to develop some standards, as are other organizations. But I wanted to ask you specifically, where is the EU on ESG reporting by corporations? Right. And and here's a link back to question eight, where we talked about the EU directives. And there's also sub-directives. 2019, 2088, and also 2020, 852. It's called Disclosure Regulation, or SFDR in short. And this relates to the EU regulation on sustainability-related disclosures in the financial services sector. The SFDR was adopted by the European Parliament and European Council on November 27, 2019. And it applies to certain financial services sector firms from March 10, 2021 onwards. This SFDR is aimed at financial advisors, ensuring asset managers and other financial market participants take into account sustainability and ESG factors in their decision making around investments and in information provided about those investments. And here's also a link back to Germany now from the EU. The BaFin, the German financial regulator, just issued, actually this month, a consultation paper, uh, 13, 2021, and it's called Guidance for Sustainable Investments, Direct Relation to the Above-Mentioned Subdirectives. It will increase the BaFin, its audits, they say, and enforcement activities and make sure companies adhere to this. Even when you sit down with your clients to discuss 
ESG reporting, do you find that they, I don't want to say are open to these because they have to be as these directives come into place, but they are understand their need for greater reporting and that they perhaps need some assistance in doing that? Are you having those types of discussions now? Definitely. This whole ESG topic is evolving in the EU and, of course, Germany. Companies are slowly realizing this and they start to address this topic with the new law now in place. Companies have to act rather sooner than later, definitely. And do you see this as an ongoing effort by the EU that ESG will be with us for some time into the future? Definitely. I would also say that these risks are at the top of everybody's minds right now. Climate risk, all credit risk officers discuss this risk at the moment. It's also important for the board for external reporting purposes, and it's, it will definitely stay, yes. And from your professional perspective as an internal and previously an external auditor, is this something that the audit function will be testing and actually going into companies and seeing if they are really living up to their reporting, what they say, do you expect to see that down the road as well? Definitely. So for one, the BaFin, the German regulator, definitely said in writing that it will increase its audits, um, but also audit companies, and especially the financial reporting requirements um, that will become law very soon, they will have to be audited, definitely. Even We are near the end of our time for this episode, but I have a special bonus question to ask you, and I will introduce it with you're the first person I've interviewed in years of podcasts who attended New Mexico State University. So let me first ask, as a German national, how on earth did you get to New Mexico State University? Right. (laughs) That's really funny. That was also my first impression when I heard about this university. I had to look it up where New Mexico was located. But the main reason how I got there was I was almost a professional tennis player. And yeah, I got in touch with one of the players there through a tennis camp that I had attended previously. And yeah, I got to know the coach and yeah, they wanted me for their team. And eventually I also got a scholarship and yeah, eventually stayed there for a full five years. As I recall, New Mexico State is in Las Cruces and I don't know the town you live in in Germany. But I have been to Las Cruces, and I have to imagine it's very different than the place you grew up. So I was wondering, was it a culture shock? Was it just a new adventure? Every day, did you see something new and different? How was sort of that a German boy moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico to play tennis? Yeah, really good point. Well, I grew up in Wiesbaden. It's not a huge city in Germany, but the Frankfurt area is a huge metropole area. That's correct. So, yeah, it was quite a change coming to this. In essence, it's a real university town. A lot of students there. I think over half of the people living there are students. It was just great. Great experience for me getting out of Germany and, yeah, kind of living on my own for the first time. I assume you traveled with a tennis team to play matches at other universities. What are two or three of the top places that you enjoyed really playing tennis matches? Good question. One at top of my mind is La Jolla in California. This was one of the best tournaments ever. And of course, Las Vegas was always a thrill, especially for me coming from Germany. I've never seen something like that. 
And the trips to Arizona were also a lot of fun. I've had a couple of cousins play tennis in the university life on scholarships, and I've gone to some matches, and the whole feeling at a match, in my opinion, is very different than perhaps a professional tennis match. It's very much a team sport, and the each player really rallies around the other players, and I saw a lot of camaraderie on the team during matches against other universities. Is that a fair assessment, or was your experience playing tennis in the university different? Definitely. It's very different. And what's really different from these tournaments playing other teams is that we start off with doubles. So it's really, here's already the team feeling, yeah, that you yeah, play with your friends, team members against the other team. It already brings you together and then it, it gets you ready for the singles afterwards. Well, you've been, unfortunately, now we are at the end of our time, but yeah. I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself on Stone Turn, or really any of the topics we've talked about in this podcast, where could they go for more information? I would say definitely our internet site. We have a U.S. site or global site, let's say, of course. We also have a German site um, for Stone Turn. But there's also plenty of focus groups on LinkedIn at the moment that address that uh, issue or not issue, but the topic of ESG. Even, I think, as we go down the road, with both the German Supply Chain Act and ESG, I hope that I perhaps can call upon you to come back and visit with me again. That'd be great. Thank you very much. Thank you.